The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we own. Yep, I'm back with the remixes, fourth and jaw. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. Eight to ten birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the Fans by the fans, exactly where we at. Pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1. Baptized by the Pope, been bass for everyone. Flying in from the West Coast, even overseas. Get blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. E-A-G, wait, C-H-M-P. S, don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, went to AJ. Clem it up the gut, be grand with the strip sack. This sound familiar, huh? Agalore on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, J train on the run, J.E. hitting from 60, Fletcher C in that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Herbs catching tubs, foes on another level, the Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster, and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us, and we don't care, cause we from Philly, and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's put on our big boy pants and go ahead and muscle through this. Boys and girls, welcome to 4th and John, episode number 86, the first episode of the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles offseason. Boys and girls, January 1st, 2017. What does that date mean to you? Gail, what does that date mean to you? January 1st, 2017. That would be week 17 of the 2016 season. The last time the Philadelphia Eagles ended their season in disappointment. It has been 742 days since then. And what I can only describe is a lifetime of happiness and excitement and celebration. From January 1st, 2017 to last Sunday, And while winning a Super Bowl last year might take some of the sting out of the way the season ended and smooth over some of the sharp edges of this fan base when dealing with their, their Philadelphia Eagles ending their season prematurely, this sucks. This sucks. This is heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I, you know, coming into the studio today, it was tough to come in 
having that feeling once again like the Eagles failed to meet the ultimate goal, especially after winning a Super Bowl last year. And it sucks for so many other reasons as well. I tried to articulate this on my YouTube channel. I tried to articulate this on a spot we did for NBC Sports Philadelphia. But look, expectations change throughout an NFL season for the team and the fan base representing that team. You can go back and look at the 2017 season. What were the expectations going into there? Uh, We wanted to see Carson Wentz continue to develop into a franchise quarterback. We wanted to see... Uh, Doug Peterson develop into a leader and to the type of quality head coach that Andy Reid was a couple head coaches before that. We wanted to see key members of this team continue to gel together and see if year three, four, five, they don't make a championship run. Midway through that season, we're going, oh, hold on, wait a minute. They're on to something. This team could go to the playoffs. This team could be NFC East champions. By week 10... If you remember correctly, I was throwing around the SB word all willy-nilly, saying it with my chest. And then Carson Wentz goes down, Nick Foles comes in, the expectations change, and then they go into the playoffs, Nick Foles starts heating up, expectations change, so on and so forth. What were the expectations coming into this 2018 season? Nothing above the repeat. You heard me pound it on the table, time in, time out, right here on this very podcast. By week six, seven of this year... We were like, what the hell is going on over here? What, what the hell am I, what kind of new norm is this? By week 10, 11, we were like, we're, we're actually going to miss the playoffs. And then the expectations once again started to change as Nick Foles came in and started heating up and then into the postseason. What I'm trying to get at is, if you were to tell me that this Philadelphia Eagles team was going to lose to the New Orleans Saints in the divisional round of the playoffs in the beginning of the season, I would have marked this season as a failure. If you were to talk to the same guy week five, six, I would have said, well, that makes sense based upon what we've already seen in this regular season. If you were to talk to me in week 10, 11, I would have been like, what? Wait, wait, we actually made the playoffs? But after we made the playoffs and after the divine intervention that was the double doink game against the Chicago Bears, I honestly feel felt like the Eagles had a good chance of going into New Orleans and beating that team, the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. I thought they would beat the Saints and shock the world. And then it didn't matter who you were going to put us up against, whether it be the Rams or the Cowboys, that we were going to march on to the Super Bowl. What I'm trying to say is it was the most confident I had felt in this Philadelphia Eagles team since the beginning of the season. Since the beginning of the season. So that makes it heartbreaking. Because regardless of what happened during the regular season, the expectations changed for me, and I thought they were moving on. It's heartbreaking like that. It's heartbreaking in the way that they lost that game. They got off to a a hot start. I mean, they couldn't have gone better for the Philadelphia Eagles. They get the interception early on. They go right down the field and drive and score. 14-0 we're looking at. And then in the following three quarters, the offense failed to move the ball. The Saints' time of possession was 32 minutes, 38 seconds. The Eagles' time of possession, 12 minutes, 22 seconds in three quarters of football. That's like slowly stabbing you with a dagger. And then they missed a field goal. And the Eagles are coming back. I almost felt like, remember that meme a couple years back where there was that one, it was, it was Packers versus Cowboys. 
and the Cowboys just scored. And there was one Packers that one, fan that took like a Snapchat selfie or an Instagram story selfie, selfie and said they left a minute and 30 seconds left on the clock. They left way too much time on the clock. Very rarely is a sequel as good as the original, but that's what I thought we were seeing. That Nick Foles magic. And then as that knife slowly went into us, painfully killing us over three quarters, it twisted when Alshon Jeffrey misses a ball that he catches 95 out of 100 times, and that's it. That's the finality of it all. So that was, that was heartbreaking as well. And then it's also heartbreaking to enter into an offseason where, look, last year we lost members of that Super Bowl team. LeGarrette Blunt went to Detroit. Trey Burton went to Chicago. Bo Allen and Vinnie Curry went to Tampa Bay. Whatever, we're celebrating a Super Bowl. We ain't got time to, to worry about all that. This offseason is going to remind us the cruel business that is the NFL. Because we are going to be potentially saying goodbye to some key members and some fan favorites of this team. Brandon Graham, who had that strip sack in the Super Bowl. Chris Long, who's a, a candidate for Walter Payton Man of the Year and all the charity work that he's done. And especially Nick Foles. And we'll get, in, we'll get into all that. That makes this loss, after 742 days of absolute bliss, so painful. And even though it's painful to lose that game, I'm still optimistic in the future. I feel like this team has a core group of leaders and talent that they'll be getting back and returning for 2019. Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, flip it to the other side of the ball, Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, Nigel Bradham, Malcolm Jenkins. You know, all these guys are going to be returning. And that's a great core, but that core in and of itself is not going to bring you back to the postseason in 2019. This championship window can close just as quick as it can open. So it is going to be a very interesting offseason and how that window is managed, who they bring in, who they say goodbye to. We got a packed show for you today because we're going to have, of course, Saints game reaction. Pending Eagles free agents, who's staying Who's going? And, of course, a conversation that I've been doing my damnedest to avoid this entire time. But, of course, the quarterback conversation falls and wins. But, Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, I now pass it off to you. How are you feeling? Well, it's never easy to, uh, you know, stomach L's. Uh, you know, even playing football, I, I could never stomach an L. Even watching my beloved Eagles, watching them lose never feels good. Um you know what I mean? Like as a as a Eagle fan, I'm not, I'm not gonna say Eagle fan. I'm gonna I'm gonna step it up. Diehard Eagle fans, you know who you are. Yes, sir. You bleed blood, sweat, and tears. You you put that pride into your football team. You will follow the Eagles across the country. You will follow them from Florida to California to Washington to London to Tennessee to take over a stadium. And. Uh, there's a momentum that builds. So when you're, you're watching an Eagles game, you know how much energy that you put into a game. Sure. It's, it's, it's a lot of traveling. It's a, yeah. Yeah, for us, it's yeah, a lot it's a of lot. traveling. It's a lot. Um, but when Alshon drops that ball, it, it, it almost took the wind out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like that season – 
that we've been it started with us in a 10-hour drive to Canton, Ohio, yeah. Back to training camp. It's been this has been part of our lives week after week, but it takes the win out of you. But you could collectively, as we watched the Xfinity Live, you could feel it the the wind suck out of oh, the yeah. whole entire oh, yeah. place. Uh, but at the end of the day, you you look where this team has come from. Um, you look at the last time we played the Saints; they got us at our worst. This week, last week, they got us at our best, and we almost did the damn thing. Almost uh, these, uh, you know. And a lot of a lot of people will will sit there and focus on this loss and focus on what could have been, but the reality is we're not going to the Super Bowl this year. The reality is, though, is you you need to be proud of this football team. Philadelphia Eagles stood for something. You think about the second verse of that fight song, "Fight Eagles, Fight," and that's what the Eagles did this year. They fought at the. We started. We we were we were up and down valleys, and we got to the end of the season, and, and uh, we didn't think we were going to see this. But you you got to be proud of this football team. You got to be proud of the brotherhood. You got to be proud of the relationships they built in this locker room to, to make this all happen. Like this didn't happen just because. They had talent in there. That happened because there was the relationships that were built amongst this roster. And then we just got to say thank you. I, I mean, if we didn't win the Super Bowl last year, I'd be, oh, no, I, I'd be, be, I'd, be miserable. I'd be miserable. But it, it puts them in perspective for us to look at this season and be proud of these guys for what they did. You know, we got to win a Super Bowl. We got to share this moment with our families. We we either had to go to a grave to share the memories with some families and members that aren't here with us, but we got that moment. Uh, but now it's. But are you satisfied? I'm are not, you satisfied? I'm, I'm not. I'm not satisfied. But I I could be. If they if they didn't fight, yeah, I would be completely upset, man. We had a, we had a shot to shock the world, and they almost did it. But I mean, I'm I'm, I'm more proud of. What they're building, what they're the brotherhood that makes uh, players who want to come here and play, and I'm happy about the future of where this team is going. Uh, we can put to bed some of the the Foles and Wentz stuff. Oh, that's not going to bed. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I that's not going I know where, for a while. I know where I stand on, it, and I feel comfortable moving forward with Wentz and and growing with this football team. But honestly, I mean. You, it is what it is. You got to move on, uh, and you got to focus on what we need to do to rebuild and get back to where we want to be. And, and it certainly was an interesting juxtaposition from being at Xfinity Live last week for the double do- doink game and the jubilation that happened amongst the people that were there when he missed that field goal mm-hmm. to exactly that, the actual air being sucked out of the room when it went in between Jeffrey's hands and into the Saints defender, Mar- Marshawn Lattimore's yeah. hands. You could, you could feel the energy and just just everybody shrank by like six inches because yeah. it was the finality of it all. Like that was it. That, that's one of the things that makes the NFL great. It's not a series game. Like, like in hockey, you're playing a series. And 
basketball, you're playing a series. And, uh, you know, in any other sport, it seems like you're playing a series. But in the NFL playoffs, man, that's it. One and done, man. That's if it. You lose. And, it's the, a wrap. And, the, and the emotional reaction that you saw on the sidelines with Nick Foles and Jason Kelsey and Zach Ertz all hugging each other, talking, mic'd up, talking about how great it was to play with each other. And then Doug Peterson waiting outside of the locker room, you know, giving everybody a hug. Doug was emotional after the game. Yeah. I got a little snippet here. We talk about the finality of it all, we talk about the emotion of it all. Give this a listen. So, we, hey, we set out on this journey this season. One of the things we kept talking about is no no regrets, right? No regrets. We leave everything on the field, and that's what you did. The whole season, you left everything you had out on the field. So for that, my hat's off to every one of you. Every one of you. The way you guys hung together through adversity, and we've had plenty of it this season. Plenty of it. The way you guys showed up every week and practiced. You loved each other. That's what great teams do. Okay? And we will be better for this. I promise you. I promise you. And it sucks now. And it hurts right now. Because it's final. Right? It's final. And that's the part that, that kind of hurts the most. Because, you know, that's it for this year. But listen, love every one of you, man. The way you guys fought, battled, give yourself a chance. That's what families do. That's what brothers do. Proud of you guys. And that was an emotional Doug Peterson trying to hold back tears in his eyes in the post-game sort of coach's speech to the players. And, and I think he was exactly right. You know, they did give everything that they possibly could. He had guys like Fletcher Cox. You know, coming out there, it, it, you could have chopped that dude's leg off. He would have bounced his way onto the field. Alshon Jeffrey playing with broken ribs. Uh, you, you know, examples like that. They gave everything that they had to give. But at the end of the day, when you have a top five quarterback in NFL history and Drew Brees on one side of the line of scrimmage, and then you have, you know, your, your, your 10th corner that you're playing this year in Hawkins, there's just a mismatch there. Yeah. And the fact that the defense held them to 20 points, if you were to tell me before the game that the defense was going to hold them to 20 points, I would have said we're winning. No, we, the, hey, we out. I would have said we were winning the damn game. Yeah. I would have said we were winning the damn game, but it just didn't happen. I think the Eagles justified the fact that they're a good football team and they deserve the they deserve the opportunity to play in the playoffs. They gave the number 2 seed in the NFC in the Los Angeles Rams an L during the regular season in their house. They gave the number 3 seed in the NFC an L in their house in the wild card round. They gave everything they could possibly throw at Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints down at the Superdome after getting shellacked in the regular season. They gave them a run for their money and they were stopped at the 27-yard line short of another Nick Foles miracle. And as far as the fourth seed is concerned, listen, Cowboys fans, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You all can kiss my ass because the Eagles lasted just as long as you did. So all that, we won the NFC East and we swept you all, doesn't mean a damn thing to me because we got eliminated on the same playoff weekend. Yeah, and also, I mean, going back to the injuries, I mean, there are so many players yeah, you lose a guy like Brandon Brooks, who's all-world at guard. He goes down. Uh, you, I mean, you lost Fletcher Cox for a time. And you lose Rasul Douglas. Uh, for a team to stick together in moments and fight, that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, going back to some of the players like, like Craven LeBlanc, a guy who's 
A journeyman. Jeb. A journeyman who the last time he played looked horrendous. This time he comes up with an interception in the first play of the game, setting the tone. And one of the things I talked about last week was getting up on the Saints. For me, I was like, this is a dream, a perfect dream that's coming through. 14-0? And then... Brandon Graham, if he gets that, he just, uh, I know. if he falls on that fumble and Nick Foles doesn't throw an interception and they don't get a, 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 a fake punt, I mean, that momentum shift, it was so weird because we were so – it's funny because when you're watching with that many people, mm. like when you're in your living room and there's four people, when there's like a couple thousand, you feel that energy shift. And when they, he threw that pick, it was kind of weird because it was like, man – we could have we could have curb stopped them here, and it felt felt like you know seven straight possessions with no points. Yeah, it, 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 it was difficult. But at the end of the day, I do feel like they validated the fact that they are a good football team. They have a core group of people that are players that are going to be back for the 2019 season. This team isn't done, but it's very important that they manage the window. And when I say manage the window, if you think about Andy Reid and his 14 or so on years here, they kept that window open pretty wide for a pretty significantly long, long time. Long time. If you, if you look at what the Eagles front office did to set up that 2017 season for success, bringing in veterans at, at, at team-friendly contracts, the right veterans, same formula that didn't exactly work this year. They let some guys go. They brought in some other free agents, some veteran guys under team-friendly contracts. Didn't exactly work out. But the first part of getting the offseason right is going to be managing the free agents to be. The guys that might be flying the nest, so to speak. So I just want to give off a, a, a list of pending free agents by the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to get your opinion on whether they stay or whether they go. First and foremost, Brandon Graham. I'm not going to go. Nick Foles is going to be last. First, I want to start with Brandon Graham. Um, if he comes back on a team-friendly deal. But as Eagle, yeah, smart Eagle fans, we know you're, you're limited in the time where you can make money. Everybody wants – everybody it's, deserves – he deserves to make that money. And I would – I want Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, we love you. We want you to make your money. I, you know, like, do the smart thing. Um, I, I, if he doesn't come back on a team-friendly, it's, it's fine, you know. But that's the way free agency works. I mean, every Eagles Set fan, every Twitter GM out there is going to be, well, well, if the number's right, if he takes a hometown discount, and Brandon Graham even said, I, I, and I don't want to misquote him, but $2 million here or there, you know, he'd be willing to stay. Yeah. The problem is it's not going to end up being $2 million. It's going to be an additional year. You, the Eagles might offer him three. Somebody else might offer him four. This much signing bonus, that much signing bonus. So when it comes down, if we're talking $2 million, no offer ever comes down to $2 million million dollars and every free agent gets overpaid in free agency part of he's, the game he's going to be kind of like you know a b plus free agent especially yeah. at the defensive end position but even the b plus free agents get paid they get they get paid so the likelihood of brandon graham being back unless he's significant like he's going to take a little more than two less than two million dollars i just don't see it happening He's going to get paid. He's going to get his bag. He's going to sign a four-year deal. And I just don't see it being returning with the Philadelphia Eagles. Next off the bat, Golden Tate, the guy who we traded a third-round pick to Detroit to get. Some people say 
and rightfully so, that it was a poor trade to make. But if you were going to justify that third-round pick going to the Detroit Lions, you need to re-sign this guy. What's the likelihood that he comes back in Eagles green next year? Uh, I, I don't really think they're going to bring him back. You know, I, I think they've seen over the last couple of weeks where it really didn't work as well. I mean, I, I mean if they're going to, if they feel like they need to bring him back, uh, I mean, right now they got about twenty-five million locked up between Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, it's like a nine point something, uh, nine million cap hit for Nelson Aguilar. But if you you can uh, get that cap d- number down. If you know, if you don't really want to negotiate with Aguilar, and they really feel like they could bring back um, Tate, uh, but I mean, he's a thirty-year-old guy. But he is going to be the top-rated free agent wide receiver on the market. So once again, he's going to get paid. Chances are, there's going to be a contender out there, kind of like the Eagles almost did with Alshon Jeffrey. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they they thought they were on the cusp of something special. So when you feel that way, you bring on a veteran free agent, some some guy that can bring you over, take you over the top. I almost feel like okay, New England, Bill Belichick, like they would find a way to utilize yeah. a guy like Golden Tate and feature him in an offense like that much more than the Philadelphia Eagles and, would. And he said he's not he's not looking to get paid at this moment. He's looking to win right now in a team that fits his skill set. And then we really didn't show that we fit his skill set perfectly. I mean, no. came up with that huge catch. That's worth a third-round pick. But no. I, uh, no, it's I, not. <laughs> yeah, it is. In no. my book. I mean, come no. on. No. If he drops that, come on. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Hindsight? No, it's not. Get bad. All right. Uh, Jordan Matthews, I think we can both agree, gone. Jordan Hicks is an interesting one. Yeah. Because I don't know what the market is going to look like for him. Because, he, you know, he has an injury history. That's what dropped him to the third round. When he was drafted out of Texas, uh, he's certainly shown that to be the same case in the NFL. Um, not exactly a stellar 2018 season. I was hoping for better from him. So what do you do there? Do you sign him to a one-year deal, like bet on yourself, prove it kind of deal? Or do you just like – like I'd be – Jordan Hicks is one of those guys that almost let him test the free agent market and then be like, yo. Bring back the number, yeah, and then see where it stands. Yeah, or if you you offer him a one year deal, I mean he he showed that he's he's been injury prone. This is why he dropped in the draft to where he he got drafted in the th- was I believe the third round. Yeah, third because round. he couldn't stay healthy. Um, so I mean, you know, if he comes back on the, you know uh, interesting number that works for both of us, bring him back for a one year deal, prove it, prove prove to us that you can stay healthy. Either way, the Eagles are going to have to address the linebacker position because yeah. you you cannot if let's say Jordan Hicks walks, you cannot leave yourself hanging with Nigel Bradham and Camus, who's serviceable, but yeah. I mean he, he he's nothing special. You can't leave. You went into this season paper thin at linebacker. You can't afford to do that again. Here's another one where it's going to be okay. What's the market going to be like for this guy? And that's Jay Ajayi, coming off of a knee injury, coming off of the broken back. Was known to have knee injuries. That's one of the reasons why Miami was so willing to deal him and why he slid in the draft to begin with. It's going to be like when you get to running backs, especially injury prone running backs, that's not somebody who's getting signed right away. Yeah. That, that, that's like getting signed three, four weeks into the, the free agency period when sort of the, you know, the chips kind of fall and we see who, where, who's going where and stuff like that. So uh, that's going to be another interesting one. Would you even want him back? It's a gamble. I mean, if you're thinking I could get him back for cheap, uh, you know, on on Spot Track they have this thing called calculated market values. 
Uh, JJ is around three point six million. Um, but you know, this is why I said last year getting a running back higher up mm. um, would make some sense because this is we were waiting. The whole league was waiting for JJ knees to fall for years, and they finally gave out on him. Uh, so now we're si- stuck with a situation where, you know, they have to pay attention and, and, and put some money, address the money to the position. Because right now we're around like 1.5% of our, our, our cap is towards running backs. we got money to spend. We need to put some money there. No, I'm sorry. I, I just think the Eagles need an overall fresh start at the fresh running back draft, position. Draft a running back. You know, uh, draft a guy. You got two second-round picks. Fig- now, now, I'm not a draft expert, and I can't yeah. tell you who I'm anticipating being there in the second round. But whether it's in the first round or one of those two second-round picks, you have got to invest in the running back position. It was painfully obvious against the Saints, just based off of time of possession and the way that they ran the ball, that it was ineffective and it was affecting the way the offense was running. I mean, you need a guy that can create on his own, a guy with some kind of speed on the outside. You're looking, you know, all the guys that we had, if you put them all together, they would be the perfect running back. Mm. But that takes four guys for yeah. us to even do that. Uh, you know, other teams have one guy who can do all that. Um, like the Saints have a perfect setup in, in a Kamara and a Ingram. That's a perfect setup, um, but not everyone has that luxury. Yeah, it, it, it's a nice little one-two punch there, but I'm missing days when – you invested a second-round pick in a guy like LaShawn McCoy, and he was a three-down back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Deuce Staley didn't have to make all these executive decisions as far as who's going in at running back and who's not. And all of a sudden, you've got Josh Adams trying to you know, catch a, a, a toss to the outside, which really isn't his strength. I want It's about time they invest in the running back position and try to nail themselves down because they're still going to have Corey Clement. They're still going to have Wendell Smallwood. Nice complimentary backs. But we need a number one yeah. on this team, a reliable number one. Now, are you are you willing to bring back a uh, Darren Sproles, or are you going to let him walk? It, you know, it really depends on the number. Yeah. Because, look, he would— The Eagles said they were interested. I, I think they should be interested in in him. Because what he showed, especially in the, the later part of the season, is that he's still got it. Show him a little they, respect. You know what? He's, he's older, but he doesn't look like he's lost a step. And the reason be, for having such a long career, the reason is, is because he hasn't been that feature back. He's, right. he's fantastic in the role that he plays. And the fact that it is the role that he plays means he's not getting hit a lot. He's not, he, he, there's not a lot of mileage on the tires. And you tell me. You look at that Houston Texans game. You look at that Bears game, so on and so forth. You tell me that Darren Sproles... He's out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people on TL were saying Sproles ain't got it. He showed you that he's got it. He's still got something left in those legs. But the other thing that he has is the leadership. Yeah. Uh, what he does for a, a young rookie, um, a, a young running back group, is he sets the tone for the future of your your group. Uh, whether it's how you how you interact with your teammates, how you are as a pro, I think Darren Sproles represents um, a lot. Another interesting name, and a, and, a, and a guy who I would probably, amongst all these names on this list, would probably be either 1A or 1B. Ronald Darby, who's projected as one of the top free agent corners in the league. Despite coming off of the injury, what say you to Ronald Darby? Uh, well, his calculated market value is about $13.5 million, I, I think, Oof. with the, the group that we've had. 
and, and with some of the guys showing that they can play, I think you ha- might have to let Darby walk. Uh, mm. You know, if he comes, if he, he, you know, he's coming back from an injury, and that's where you can, hey, can we get a deal here? Uh, but again, you know, w- you know, we have a lot of players here uh, in 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 the cornerback group that show that they can they can ball. We, uh, what do we have in um, Sidney Jones? That that's an interesting question, and that's yet to be determined. But all the more reason why I would bring a guy like Darby back. I mean, going into you want to pay that money? I mean, I don't want to pay that. I mean, look, we got you, look, 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 like we I, didn't I say Jalen Mills. About, though. I, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it like it's coming out of my own wallet. Like I'm like I'm buying Rod, Ronald Darby's contract. But the going into the season, cornerback was a position of strength. It was a position of consistency. That all got blown up way too quickly in the season, and we saw how it almost ended the Eagles season prematurely by almost not making the playoffs. And then you see that, hey, listen, if you're going to want to compete in the playoffs past the wild card round and not against a guy named Mitchell Trubisky, you are absolutely positively going to have cons- need to have consistency in the secondary. And you even saw with, uh, you know, they're on their 10th corner. Yeah. But you saw... Even with these guys who are on practice squads or other people's practice squads or guys that we cut in training camp or guys off the streets, you saw once they started to play together with some consistency, they started to play better. I would like to see that Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, Sidney Jones trio come back as your starting defensive backfields at the cornerback position again. So Avante Maddox is moving to safety? If it was up to me, honest to God, I'd move Jalen. I'd move Jalen to safety. I don't, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, the, the Eagles yeah. coaching staff is so against moving. Uh, Russell though, too. Nah, Russell, Russell ain't got it. Oh, nah, Russell ain't got ah. it. No, nah, Russell ain't got it for safety. Jaylen, no, not not safety corner. What are, What are you doing with Russell though? Your backup. I, He's your backup. He's not a starting starting I mean, corner in the league. I mean, he showed he progressed. Yeah, he showed he's I a mean, good backup and a good tackler though. Yeah, a good tackler. But when I when I'm talking about moving Jalen Mills to safety. You know, they, they, they've already said that's not good. Earlier, Jim Schwartz had these discussions. Right. Jalen Mills wasn't being moved to safety. You can't say that and say, hey, the versatility of Malcolm Jenkins, who was drafted at, a, as a, at, a, at the cornerback position, played the cornerback position in his first year, then was moved to safety and became an all-pro slash pro bowler slash two-time Super Bowl champion. You can't tell me that the same thing can't be done with Jalen Mills. I mean, that's his game. He's physical. He knows how to stick a tackle. His makeup speed sucks. Yeah. Put him at safety. And then move Maddox. And then you got Sidney slash Cravon. And then you've got... Um, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying except for Darby. You really? Okay. Because, I mean, it's that... that I, you know, I, I love it. it lo- I love to have that perfect situation. But now I'm just trying to think, like, how we would think. That, that money... You can't think how Howie would think. Right, I'm, trying, can, to, I'm, trying, to, I'm ain't, trying to think outside the Howie's box. Level. I'm on Howie's <laughs> level, bro. <laughs> how, how many draft picks have I picked over the years? This is true. This is true. So I'm just thinking, thinking that you got to get uh, resources from other other places to put it somewhere else. Real quick, because I don't want to. I don't want this to drag on too long. Hello, Dinata. Out. Chris Maragos. Out. Is he? Is he still alive? He is. Mike Wallace. <laughs> out. Corey Graham, out. Richard Rodgers, who I had a lot more hope for when they when the Eagles signed him, out. Out. Leroy Reynolds, out. Poor War- Warlow, out. DJ Alexander, out. Chance Warmack is eating up a roster spot like a Wawa Hoagie. He's out. Chris Long's going to be a heartbreaker, but he's, you know, 
He's he's a little long in the tooth there. I think it's time. He might retire. He's, he I might mean, just yeah. straight up retire. Yeah, he could retire. more on his charity work. I mean, good depth, though, if he wants to come back. It is. Let me ask you this. Did it bother you what the Saints were doing in the in the post game in the locker room? D- it did not. It did not. No. It did not. Bo- Why didn't it bother you? Because this, this is football. If you don't want people to talk smack, if you don't want to, you know, you win the you win the football game. The Eagles last week were in Chicago. We were doing the whole club up thing, and we were playing a Chicago rapper song. They did the same exact thing to us. If you don't want that to happen, you win the football game. It's part of the game. You know, mm. we put memes out there and make people laugh. And when the Cowboys and then our Eagles get kicked out and we want to cry that people are making fun of us now and making memes, that's part of the game, bruh. That is. Honest, honest to God, if, if the Eagles have won that game and all of a sudden they start playing that stupid Choppa style or whatever that song was that they, they adopted yeah. this year in the locker room and started doing the Choppa dance, we would have thought it was hysterical. Yeah. We would have thought it was great. You know, maybe maybe marching up and down the sidelines with the ski mask season. Part of the thing that makes me so proud to be an Eagles fan and, and, and part of this fan base is the fact that they're absolute savages. I, I mean, you take the Eagles fan base as a whole, and they are the biggest trolls in the NFL. That's why we love them. That's why we love our we people. Li- we live for these moments. I mean, the fact that we're, we're wearing ski masks. I, I mean, I'm driving in a car with a ski mask, risking my life to get to the stadium. <laughs> I'm dumb like that. But I'm saying we, we, we come together in moments that are like the weirdest things. The, we, we can connect over the weirdest things and it make it something so unbelievably awesome. Dude, my, my drafts, like, <laughs> like, like my drafts were, I had daisy cutters in there. I had absolute <laughs> daisy cutters, and I had to delete them all. I still got one in the chat. Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy. Like when but, you that, make, but, that, but that's the thing. Like, make it, it like, memes like you have all the stuff ready to go, and then. We end up losing the oh, this this delete, is the hours delete, of material delete. that yeah, I have ready is, to go. This is absolute gold that I'm flushing down the toilet. Trust me, Eagles fans, if it was on the shoe was on the other foot, oh with everything that Alvin Kamara said. Oh with everything. Ski mask shorties and all. Oh man, we would have been giving it to him. Listen, you gotta learn how to take it. It's part of the game, man. But it, it, it is absolutely part of the game. I don't blame them whatsoever for doing what they did. You know, it, it, it sucks. It, it sucks to be in that position, but at the end of the day, it is football. You know, Eagles fans, keep your chin high. They did the best that, that, that they could do with what they had. I mean, they put up the biggest fight. I mean, just watching that game and seeing the energy sucked out of their stadium, they were like, oh, my God, these Eagles and their fans, you know, this could happen. I mean, it was right there, man. It was We were really right there on the edge. You want to talk Foles? You want to talk about it? Foles. Or, sh- or should we let should we let Howie and Doug kind of talk about it first? Because because they, they 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 had their time to talk today, so I'm just going to play a little two minute clip okay. here of what they had to say to set this up. Is Carson the quarterback going forward? And if so, what does that mean for Nick? Uh, yes, Carson is the quarterback going forward. Um, and in Nick's case, listen, we we would love to have everybody back um, throughout the roster. But as I've said many many times, you know, it's not about one guy. You know, it's about the team, and we're going to do what's best for the team. I go back to, you know, the year 2017. Carson had a full offseason. He was healthy, and uh, he was able to go through OTAs and, and gather that timing and rhythm and everything that led into the season and, and the MVP-type season that he was having in 2017 before the before the injury. Obviously, fast forward to uh, last offseason, he didn't have that. He didn't have that uh, offseason with his, with his teammates. Um, he was rehabbing. 
Uh, he was going through that process, and he missed, missed obviously, training camp. There were some specialty situations, as you know, like seven-on-sevens and things like that that we got him out there. But I, I do think that those can, you know, it's you're talking about quarterbacks and receivers, quarterbacks and running backs, and there's a timing. There's a there's a relationship that you got to have, and when you miss that time, it, it will affect the overall big picture of things. And And so I think what you saw this season as the season progressed got better and better and better and his numbers got better and the completion percentage got better and 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 so that time lost was what he had to make up during the season which is which is extremely hard um hard to do we've been blessed to have this type of quarterback room you know here uh, in philadelphia since i've been here and 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 for a guy like Nick to come in and, and play as well as he has and well as well as he did, um, you can't help but take away things that, that, that I could use, you know, Carson could use moving forward. And, and there, there, there has to be a blend of that. And um, so I think moving forward, you know, um, and Carson, listen, he, he's still a young quarterback and he's still learning this game and learning, um, learning the position and, and just watching guys throughout the league and, um, it's valuable experience, obviously, um, being able to watch guys like Nick Nick play. Now, what does that sound like to you? Ball's gone. It's Carson's job, guys. It, it is. I mean, <laughs> this shouldn't come as any supplies. Bleacher Report had a tweet out there like, oh, it looks like uh, it's going to be Carson Wentz's team. This isn't news. This isn't, this isn't news. No. This is Carson Wentz's team moving forward. However, what they decide to do with Nick Foles is going to be one of the most interesting storylines of the NFL offseason, because it is my understanding that, you know, with the Foles option, they have February 10th to designate him for that option at a base salary of $20 million and a cap hit of 20.6. Foles has a five-day window to opt out, to which he has to pay the club $2 million. Foles has to buy out the contract in order for the Philadelphia Eagles to place a franchise tag on him, which is still an option which is going to be somewhere in the vicinity of 22, 23, even upwards of $25 million. We have yet to see what that's going to look like. If Foles signs the tag, the money becomes fully guaranteed, which puts the Eagles in a very interesting situation because they're playing a risk game. You don't want to be paying your backup quarterback $20 million or $25 million rather. So, I sincerely hope that the Eagles and Nick Foles can come to some sort of a mutually beneficial parting of ways that isn't just as simplistic as he opts out sayonara. Because that, that would be a shame for the Eagles, at least on the business end of things. Hopefully, my hope is, is that, the, that Nick Foles, they offer it to Nick Foles, obviously he pays the $2 million to opt out. They hit him with the tag. And then if Howie Roseman is smart, he's already making phone calls to the other the other teams in the NFL that might need a quarterback. Miami, Jacksonville, Denver. Those teams are saying, okay, what we're going to franchise Nick. All right? There's no free agents out there in the market. There's barely any free agent quarterback. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is going to be out there, but okay, that, that's a Washington Redskins move to try to resurrect the career of Joe Flacco like they tried to do Alex Smith. Your other top free agent quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, RG3, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith, are any of these guys doing anything for you? Not really, and are any of those guys Super Bowl MVPs? 
Not really. So you have a valuable commodity in the NFL offseason this year that it would be an absolute shame for him to just pay you $2 million to get the hell out of town. Now, Nick Foles deserves the opportunity to start. He deserves the opportunity to lead his own ship. He deserves the opportunity to prove that he's a starter because even in his own book, he said he cringes every time he hears himself referred to as a backup because in his eyes, he's so much more than that. He deserves this opportunity, but it would also be criminal to just let him walk out the door yeah. with absolutely zero compensation because there's no free agent quarterback market. And you can speak more to this than I can in the upcoming draft class. I mean, how many how many quarterbacks are in the top 10? I mean, there's in this what Haskins, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, a guy who's. You know, being talked about. Um, but are these the career. Andrew Lux? Are these the yeah, Sam Darnolds? Are the are these the Carson Wentz's and Jared Goff's of the nah, world? No, it's, it's not like last year. So, 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 okay, we can both agree that it's a weak free agent class and it's a weak draft class, at least as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Weakish. There's not a huge market out there. Yeah, you've got the number one priority that you have an option to to to, to trade him. Yeah. I would love to see like a, a working together of Howie Roseman and Nick Foles to be like, you pay us the $2 million, of course we're going to franchise tag you, and then we're going to sit down, sort out the offers, and what... Because listen, there's only a limited amount of teams that are going to be buying for him. I mean, he, Trox even brought it up to me. The Vegas odds... My, there's Vegas odds, by the way, yep. which where Nick Foles is going to go. Miami is plus 200. Washington is plus 250. Jacksonville is plus 350. Denver plus 400. Philadelphia, of course, plus 600. New York Giants, Oakland, Tampa Bay. But the fact that the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants are even on that list is even more reason to be like, look, we're going to call up Miami, Jacksonville, Denver, and we're going to sort all this out. Let's make a deal. You pick out what team you think would be the best fit for you, because chances are when you go to free agency, you go in one of them anyway. And let's see if we can't get compensated some sort of pick and return. Sam Bradford got you a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was. Uh, you Kaffer. mean to tell me Nick Foles can't get you a, a second? Could you imagine going into the draft with the first and three seconds? That'd be crazy. 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 Especially you know with this the talent on the defensive line, you could you could you could use those those picks. But uh, with Castle, remember when uh, Brady got hurt and Castle came in for the Patriots, ended up getting traded for second round. Yeah. Everybody knew that he wasn't— Jimmy you know, Garoppolo. Yeah, second round. They traded uh, uh, a linebacker and Castle for a second round pick. Yeah. Patriots got back. Second round pick is a going rate on a quarterback who's a backup— who MVP, you think, Super Bowl MVP. Who you, who you think can be a starter in the league. What's the going rate on a quarterback who you know can be a starter— rocket in the postseason, and who's a former Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> yeah. You mean to tell me one of those guys is going to offer you a high second at the very least? Let's see if we can't make this a little, little, little advantageous for the bar. I, listen, business is business. This is when I, in the beginning, I said the NFL is a business, and that business side is going to rear its ugly head this offseason. Part of it's like, look, we would love to give Nick Foles everything that he wants and continue for him to be in, a, in, in, in you know, Eagles green. But, I, but honestly, even with Carson Wentz there, I think, I think Nick has to go. No, I, I, he Some people would like to see the you know keep the band back together, but could you imagine Carson Wentz going into the season week one? He throws an interception. What's the crowd chant for? You know what they're going to do? Falls, falls. They're going to be doing the clap, and Carson Wentz is going to be looking over his shoulder the entire time. I think for his psyche, uh, I think they've done a, a phenomenal job of the way that the 
answer questions, the way that they're, you know, holding him back from injury. But honestly, God, this situation I feel is the best thing to happen to Carson Wentz. This is this is what you call experience. This is where you look within, you become a better player. You look at Nick Foles' career. Look where his career went. The dude almost retired. Mm. He has learned from all these ups and downs in his career to get him to this point. This is where it makes Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz a better player. Absolutely. And and I think, abs- you know, the injury to the knee, that was in his head early. I think as early as week five, he was dealing with these back issues. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we, we, watched, de- we watched Wentz long enough to know when like, the yo, kid is not right. right. Yeah, this, this kid don't look right. Right. He doesn't look like last year. You can't tell me that's rust. Even though we just heard Doug Peterson talking about timing with the receivers, so on and so forth. You could just tell there was something off with Carson Wentz. We now have that opportunity to have a hard reset on Carson. But when I say hard reset, I meant shutting him down for the for the year. Yeah. I mean, you let his let his legs get healthy, let his back get healthy, everything like that in order to. But part of that hard reset, part of that hard reset is, look, Foles has got to find someplace else to go. That's just a harsh reality. Listen, boys and girls, we got two more shows for you under our uh, contract with NBC. We got next week and, of course, the week before the Super Bowl. And then we're going to take a little break. We're, we're, we're going to take a little time off, handle some business, recharge the batteries. So uh, we're looking forward to the next two shows with you. And uh, I know it's been disappointing. Rate and subscribe. But keep bleeding green. I promise you this team will be back next year. Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Surprise, surprise, baby! Oh, he needs God. some milk! It's electric! Ain't nobody got time for that! Alright, uh, let's regroup here. Let's regroup. Oh. <laughs> what? What? Hello, this is Kermit the Frog. Whatever. Stay off. The weed!